0: People, don't you know what this is? This is Training Camp with Colby Van Camp on Wildcat 91.9. Good evening, Manhattan, Wamigo Junction City, and anywhere the internet has enveloped you in its cold embrace. Welcome to training camp with Colby Van Camp, with yours truly behind the gray microphone, high atop the music department in McCain Auditorium, located on McCain Drive, in the heart of the campus of Kansas State University, in the core of the Little Apple, Manhattan, Kansas. It is a great day to be a Wildcat. Uh, I feel like I've officially reached the point with my "It's a great day to be a Wildcat" comments every day. That it's like, you know, when you go to church and they're like, um, "the peace be with you. And you're supposed to be like, and also with you. Like every time. I don't know. Maybe.
1: Maybe. I mean, maybe. But then again, also Chick-fil-A people, they always say my pleasure. And my pleasure. So it's just, it's the principle.
0: It's a, yeah, it's a, <laughs> we're just, uh, we're just, uh, we're just, I can see the crap coming out of my mouth as I say it. Like, it's man. just, it's. It's fantastic.
2: I, the um, I've been to Spangles a couple of times, and I think every time they they come up to the desk, it's like, how how may I help you? And like, if they miss, then they have to give you a free ice cream cone or something like that. Seriously? I I, I think so. I could I could be wrong, but that's what that's just like a faint of I want memory.
0: those I want those to go margaritas. That's what I'm there for. You no, know, I'm gonna just At walk Spangles. in there
1: and just have a plan to just throw them off. Like I'm gonna be the first one to speak. I'm going to be like, quickly, what is there? Like, I don't know, like, what's on no, your no, shoe? No, no. And they're no, like, huh? And then no, I was like, you didn't say, how may I help you? You
2: just got to <laughs> come in. I was like, listen here. I want this and this to go.
1: I'm just saying, I'm coming in there to scam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scamming.
2: Uh, Yeah, and I
0: feel like we're scamming you of your time by listening to LBI. <laughs> LBI. Uh, to our nonsense here <laughs> uh, on the radio. But hope you guys are doing great. We had a very fun show last night with Monty Putnam. Uh, that was great. You can also now find me, because uh, I'm going to start releasing my shows after I record them. Finally. Yes. Finally. Yes. Uh, you can find me at anchor.fm slash colby-van-camp. V-A-N-C-A-M-P. You can find me there. Or you can just look up my name, Colby Van Camp, on Apple. Podcast or Spotify. Yes. You'll be able to yes, find sir. it there too. Love Spotify. Spotify is great. Yep. Uh, I like Spotify too. Okay. So. We are in today to talk about, in our first segment, a little bit about the NBA and some free agency. We kind of touched on it last Friday, but I don't think that we were able to actually sit down long enough and kind of break down some of the crazy stuff that's happening right now in the NBA, which is why we have our our resident NBA guru, Jasmine Halliburton, here in the studio, Uh, and then we've got our our resident K-State insider, uh, John Grove, here as well uh (laughs) flashing flashing the fake gain signs at me (laughs) right Uh, (laughs) um so uh espn said that the nba free agency has been a frenzy since the moment the clock struck midnight on thursday june 30th and that has been true so the phoenix suns devin booker he agreed on a four-year 224 million dollar supermax extension the Grizzlies star Ja Morant agreed to a four-year designated rookie extension, likely worth two hundred and twenty-six million. Denver Nuggets star Nikola Jokic agreed to the richest contract in NBA history, a five year, two hundred and sixty-four million supermax extension. And the Minnesota Timberwolves, Carl Anthony Towns, agreed to a four year, two hundred twenty four million supermax extension. So, Jasmine, is this gonna is this gonna hurt the pocketbooks of those? Uh, for respective teams to keep pl- paying these guys like they are, or, or uh, is the NBA one of those where they don't have a salary cap?
1: No, they definitely have a salary cap. It's just it's a lot bigger than, of course, NFL teams' okay. salary cap because you have less players. Yeah, there's less players, and there's two fewer teams. Sure, and also these guys need to get paid because all like all of these teams, obviously, all four of these teams, yeah, four, no, five. yeah, four, four, all four of these teams, okay, are are you know contenders they have they have actual potential to you know play in the like western conference finals or eastern conference finals you know what I mean actually all these teams are in the west so yeah the west is going to be an absolute gauntlet this upcoming season with all the teams that are literally like reloading and paying your stars is is pretty much how you reload because you don't want any of these guys going to a different team that that in itself is going to be a problem if you don't give them this money somebody else will and so this is what they needed to do and I'm glad that they all did it cuz Devin Booker he he's the face of the Phoenix Suns ever since he got drafted there like what 7 years ago. And same thing with John Morant, he's the face of the Grizzlies. Nickey he's the face of the of the Denver Nuggets, two-time MVP. So he's definitely deserving to get the biggest NBA contract in history. And also, same thing with Carl Anthony Towns. He's been the face of that franchise as well for the past few years. Of course, now Anthony Edwards is there. And now they're even more of a contender because they were able to get Rudy Gobert uh, during, the tra- during the trade, during uh, the trade. excuse me, the free agency that just happened a couple of days ago. That's hmm. probably been, so far, the biggest trade uh, this NBA offseason. because okay. Rudy Gobert going to uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. So these guys and the amount of money that these teams can pay, they, they got that covered. They, they really do. They don't have to worry about anyone else's contract within at least the next couple of years, and they hope within that window before they have to deal with somebody else's contract, they've gotten to where they want it to go.
0: So t- tell me why then, as if I'm a moron, um, what, the, uh, <laughs> what the significance of the trade to the Timberwolves um, for Rudy Gobert, is that who you said? Yeah. Yeah. Why is that significant?
1: Well, Rudy Gobert, he's like uh, I want to say a two-time Defensive Player of the Year, okay, two or three-time Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, he he's known for his defensive uh, like abilities, and he and he's good. He really is. Not so much perimeter defending, but this man is an absolute terror to try to go into the paint against. Okay, that's that's his job. His his job is to hold down the paint, and he does that very very well. And his previous his previous team in the Utah Jazz, they weren't necessarily utilizing him. They was have some chemistry issues with him and donovan mitchell and they've gotten really far like they've been they've been called like uh let's see like regular season and chill because they do great <laughs> things in the regular season <laughs> but the playoffs they just absolute poop and they've in that and that's those that duo and that team has kind of run its course so they're low-key blowing up the jazz roster right now or at least try to rebuild around donovan mitchell and they just move rudy gobert on to the Minnesota Timberwolves who was able to get to the playoffs for the first time in I want to say like 12 years this past season. Okay. They they as soon as they beat the Clippers in the play in, they had this whole Shindig, Patrick Beverly was taking off his jersey and swinging <laughs> and throwing it into the audience like they won the NBA finals. Nice. Carl Anthony Town was hugging his girl on the court. It was it was a whole big thing. And people was kind of clowning him for it. But it was the first time making the playoffs in like over a decade. So everyone's like, Okay, that's 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 still cool. So yeah. They have a lot of things to build around and adding um Rudy Gobert to this and Carl Anthony Towns doesn't have to he's not gonna be forced to play the five anymore, and that's not necessarily like his his room to shine is sure. basically going to be at the four spot, but now he doesn't have to be forced to play at the five because now Rudy Gobert is there, and Rudy Gobert is not necessarily an offensive juggernaut, really. At least that was not what was shown in Utah, because that was also the problem—they didn't really utilize him offensively very much. There was like other than a few pick and rolls here and there, he wasn't he wasn't doing much, but setting some good screens okay. on the offensive side of the ball with uh, with Utah, so. With with them him being in Minnesota, they already said they want to use him more offensively, and you already have to try to score over the seven foot seven foot two seven one seven foot two Rudy Gobert, along with Carl Anthony Towns, who I think is seven foot as well, but he can shoot. Okay, so just, defense, <laughs> like, just defensively, <laughs> having, I love the distinction. Of course, <laughs> but, but defensively, like trying to go through to those two guys, like trying to get past those di- dudes in the paint, and sure. already what. They bring offensively with Karl Anthony Towns and with um, Anthony Edwards. It's they're they're a, they're a strong contender now. I won't say they'll get like very very far into the Western Conference as far as playoff is concerned because you still have obviously the Denver Nuggets with Nikola Jokic and you'll have um, Jamal Murray back along with uh, uh, Michael Porter Jr. Those are two guys that they were that the Denver Nuggets were without last year. And it was significant, even though they still made it to the playoffs without those two guys. And it was pretty much Nikola Jokic versus the world. Sure. And he was able to earn that second MVP uh, title. So it's it's them and, of course, the Memphis Grizzlies, highest-scoring team in the NBA this past season. And they're young, they're scrappy. You hope they can kind of bounce back and not kind of be like uh, how Atlanta— Hawks were, where they went all the way to the Eastern Conference Final and then just crapped the, the following year when everyone had high hopes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that will be the same for the Miniso- uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, especially John Moran. He stays healthy, and even if he doesn't, even though we hope that he does, the Memphis Grizzlies still did great without him. Mm-hmm. They went like. Twenty two and six or something like that. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. Twenty seven and six. I don't know. They had they had a they had a dang good record even when he was hurting even better when he was, you know, healthy. And they were number two seed. Sure. And all of that. And of course the Phoenix Suns, they're the Phoenix Suns. They've been able to do really, really well, especially since Chris Ball came into the picture. Yeah. So well all you, these teams are
0: contenders. You love to see different teams, you know, pick up uh those those couple of signature wins. Like you were talking about with the with the Timberwolves, it reminds me of uh, when KU wins their one game of the season, right? <laughs> Everybody's out there. They storm the field, tear down the goalposts. Pretty right? much. Yeah. It, was,
1: it was very close to being that. If people were allowed to storm the court without being absolutely tased and tackled by security, they would have done it. <laughs> <laughs> without question. Without question, they would have done it.
0: <laughs> uh, man, I would love to see someone... Get tased and tackled.
1: Actually, it's as it did happen the first round of the playoffs with the Minnesota Timberwolves really? and Memphis oh, Grizzlies. Yeah. There was no. some lady I I, protesting. Yes, I saw. I like,
2: saw, I, re- I recall that. I think wasn't yeah. she like stuck? To, she was. Yeah, one
1: lady tried to glue herself to the floor. <laughs> um, and
2: then it meant someone else was protesting. Like, glued what? Next to the be- to I,
1: be-
0: I'm completely out of the loop on was, this. Protesting was, what?
1: I think the owner of the of the Timberwolves. There was some. It was something with PETA. I think he owns <laughs> like some animal oh, farm type the, the, deal. The
0: Timberwolves guy, yeah, it's like a lady, pelt farmer or exactly. something. Exactly. Lady yeah.
1: glued herself to like to the to the floor. At least tried to. It could have been some sticker glue, and she just glued on her wrist and tried to stick to the floor. Like you can't move me. And then some lady. Uh, chained herself to the goalpost. She was actually that's there for he, a while that's, before that's,
2: someone even noticed. That's one I was thinking of. Yeah,
1: and then another. Lady, this happened three times oh, in the I same series. Okay, and this is all. I think one of them. Incredible. One of them might have been at Memphis. I, um, yeah, I think one of them yeah, was, Memphis, was at Memphis. Memphis. The Memphis, lady yeah. with, who chained herself to the goalpost, and then another lady tried to disguise herself as an official and was going to run <laughs> to the court, but the security guy was clocking her yes. the whole time and like tackled her <laughs> just okay. before she. Okay, I, to I the, did see that, that video. One. Yes, and it
0: was kind of like the, the reflexes you need to have. Absolutely, and it was like I. I don't even know how she looks suspicious because in the video she must have been doing something really I sus don't beforehand. Know. Because like, I, I, guy, he was, he
1: was clocking. I know the they were, time. they're like, totally like,
0: watching yeah. him. And I'm like, how do you know that that person is being weird? Like I totally didn't realize it. And the minute they stood up,
1: poof, just got tackled, smacked. I'm just saying it. It's, so it happened three times. Colby, someone getting tackled. I don't think anyone got tased. I don't know. They did. I mean, they both carried these women. I don't know if they took them to the back and started, you know beating them up in the alley or something like some mob <laughs> stuff I don't know but as far as what everyone else did see oh, they got, they, could, they got to tackle the hell out of them. I'm just saying. Yeah, it,
0: like, the, the tasers that fell off the truck. Yeah. Right. It was <laughs> right. that. It,
1: it, was, it was completely and utterly that.
0: So, okay. So back to, <laughs> uh, I love talking about people getting tased. I, I, frankly, it's like a guilty pleasure of mine to oh, watch no. people like get tased on YouTube. I think it's hilarious. Um, there's one of my favorite videos of all time. Was this lady who's doing this like sovereign citizen nonsense and mm-hmm. like wouldn't yeah. get out out of a car uh because she'd driven totally illegally This police officer pulled her over she like drove away as he came up to the window did all this illegal stuff and he uh he he tells her he's like i need you to step out of the vehicle and she's like no and he's like i need you to step out of the vehicle she's like no and so he opens up her door to like remove her from the vehicle Mm -hmm. and she like punched him so he just went (laughs) and tased her and (laughs) she screamed. It was so funny. And she just, like, flopped over on the ground. I don't know. I I don't know why I found that so entertaining, but I watched it, like, seven times the other day, and I just laughed. I just laughed. Hey, in the Bible, seven means the perfect number, okay? So it's the perfect number of times. I
1: got you. Okay, seven. I've
0: been watching my Indiana Jones. Like, calm down.
1: I got you. I got you. (laughs) Hey, no no stripe here. I got
0: you. Uh, Okay, so Kevin Durant. Um, he asked the team owner uh, Joe Tsai for a trade on June 30th, mm-hmm. listing the Miami Heat and the Suns as preferred destination. That didn't happen, or did it?
1: Uh, it's no one knows really. This when the Kevin Durant shoe's going to drop, no one knows necessarily where it's going to be. He did request those two teams, which you know, you know, interestingly enough, those two teams were the number one seeds in the West and Eastern Conference. So he's already going to – already requesting a team that's already good. And it's kind of strange after he left the Golden State Warriors, who was that number one team at that time because they just won a national championship. Sure. They wanted to low-key start his own thing, went to Brooklyn. Stuff didn't work out there because he wanted to start his own thing, start from the bottom, you know what I'm saying, even though that bottom had Kyrie and uh, James Harden. But now that didn't work out. Now he wants to go try to find the, the top again, in that being Miami and the Phoenix Suns. So we'll see the nets are asking a lot for kevin durant like a lot of first round picks and at least a star another star from another perspective team okay so negotiations are being discussed i don't know how soon that's going to happen or if e- even the brooklyn nets are even going to be able to trade him just because he requested a trade doesn't mean it's actually going to happen okay so right. it's it's all it's a big question right now but it's the biggest it's the biggest question
0: well we're going to find out sometime soon and then we're going to talk a little bit about the big 12 media days here on wildcat 91.9 wildcat 91.9 would like to thank tanner's bar and grill in the Ville for its support for the next generation of k-state media stars Tanner's Kitchen is open until 10 p.m. nightly for a full menu of Manhattan's favorites, such as the Jamaican Jerk Chicken. Most nights, Tanner is open until 2 a.m. for a late nightcap. See the full menu and specialties at tannersbarandgrill.com. For a game on Tanner's large TV screens or a bite with family and friends, discover Tanner's at tannersbarandgrill.com. Hello, this is Colby Van Camp, the sports director for Wildcat 91.9. On behalf of all of us here at the station and at Kansas State University, we want to welcome all of the football recruits from the class of 2023 to the spot we love full well. The Ad Astra Alliance is alive and well, and as the flagship university for the Ad Astra State, welcome aboard. We are excited to see you grow and perform on the gridiron and in the classroom. EMOS season is back, baby, on Wildcat 91.9.
1: Hello, this is Darren Lee Lewis, Director of
0: Advertising Sales and Marketing for Collegian Media Group at Kansas State University and Wildcat 91.9. As nonprofit organizations, your advertising and underwriting dollars support student learning and employment opportunities to better prepare them for the world ahead. Reach the K-State community and support student media today by visiting advertising.collegianmedia.com. Once again, that's advertising.collegianmedia.com. And order online today through our new ad shop. Yo, this is space opera? I can get behind that.
1: Do you ever hear the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise?
0: What? Are you kidding? I only listen to Training Camp with Colby Van Camp on Wildcat 91.9. A little bit of my head hurts. <laughs> a little bit of through the fire and flames oh my gosh that just brings back all the memories from freshman year uh here at kansas state my uh, my my dorm roommate oliver Hutchison. uh he had a Wii, and he had this like um like this uh this version of guitar hero for the Wii that had through the fire and flames on it and we would Stay up to like three in the morning trying to shred this in through the fire and flames. Oliver, Oliver actually got pretty good at it. I I got like a 42% on it once because the game tells you you got 42% accuracy or you got 63% accuracy or whatever. Oliver got into the 60s. I barely got close to the 50s, uh, but it was a good day when that happened. I, I remember I shredded this one part and he was like. Oh. Dude, that was fire. I'm like, I, <laughs> I'm like, I know. <laughs> and then it never happened again. Um, so I said, you know what? I'm going to go back to uh, doing the actual music stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that was practice enough. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Hand dyed coordination. Right? Absolutely. Right. That's well, right. so we're going to talk a little bit now about K State athletics in the Big 12 media days. Um, but I, I want to talk about Big Game Boomer. Big Game Boomer. Oh, has some interesting takes on Twitter like some days yeah the the takes in fact John you're the one who told me this and at first I was like what not nah. and then you were so right some days the takes are are great and then some days the takes are awful uh and big tw- uh big game boomer uh on Twitter he he decided he's going to come out and put up the top offenses for 2022 and the oh, top 50 top defenses for 2022 let me let me pull up The rankings here. He had uh, k State for offenses at thirty fourth, behind like so many people that I just think it's laugh. Behind Utah State, Utah Hmm. State was eighteenth. Why is Utah State? Utah State. NIU is fifteenth. Northern Illinois is 15th.
2: UT, UTSA does it? not deserve to be on the list. Uh, UTSA. They, they lost a lot of production coming up from last year's team.
0: Well, and so I just, I think it's disgusting also that they put Baylor at 31st. Baylor's at 31st. Uh, K-State's at 34th. I, Texas I, Tech is at 33rd. Now uh, I, Get out of here.
2: I'm going to say this about Baylor. what some of the young production that they'll have this year, I think in terms of like Product. I mean, in terms of consistency, I, I think they got the right QB in Blake Shapen. I mean, yeah. you remember him from from last season, uh, ki coming in uh, late in the K State game, and he and he really dominated. Uh, he really yeah. dominated. I'm looking at some of. I was looking at some of the stats here. Uh, he won 62 of 86, 72 percent of his passes for 596 yards and five touchdowns. I think that's going to be one of the biggest keys for the Baylor offense, especially. I, I, and looking at Texas Tech's offense as well, you don't—I I honestly don't know what what to expect from Joey McGuire. If he's going to come out with an air raid offense, like te- like a few Texas Tech teams have had in the past as well, so I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. I think a few more—I think a few more teams surprised me on this list a little bit.
0: Well, so let's let me just read through the list all the way all the way because it's the top 50 and I'm very curious to get your guys' takes on this. So number one is Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Number two is, is Bama. Number three USC, which I think is hilarious just because you land some recruits does not make them good. And just because Lincoln Riley is your coach does not mean that you're going to win. Um, number four, Oklahoma. Number five, Wake Forest. What is Wake Forest done?
1: Wake, I mean, they were, you, you they were, they were, they were the... fairly solid last year. They
2: were they were an offensive juggernaut last year. They just didn't have a defense that we were able to catch up with any other offenses really okay um
0: i i don't actively keep up with the acc so i, I didn't either i, kind I just of, saw yeah.
1: every now and again like during college football they're yeah. so like hey yeah. wait for us yeah
0: um it's... texas at number six get out of here horns down horns down um fresno state at number seven uh, I'm, I'm scratching I'm, my head I'm on that one.
2: I, I have, I'm cautiously in, interested to see what, what's going to happen with Fresno State. Their head coach is now at Washington, and uh, I think, I think the quarterback is still at the helm in Fresno, so we'll see what happens right Well,
0: so then, I think massively disrespectful to the, the reigning national champions. Oh my uh, gosh. Georgia's at number eight. Hmm. Georgia's at number eight? I mean. I think,
2: I think that's being too respectful. <clears throat> you do? Yeah, I, I mean. Okay, Why? Well, to start things off, Georgia's, Georgia last year relied on the defense to, to win them their game, and maybe a wide receiver or so. But, I mean, Stetson Bennett and that offensive line, they were – I mean, they, they weren't – I mean, they may have had some, a great player or so in the national championship or in the – uh, SEC championship, but I mean, it was just not going to be the, the reason why Georgia won these big, big couple of games. Okay. Uh, under Kirby Smart. So
0: you, you're you're proposing it's, then that it's the it's, defense? It,
2: oh yeah, no. I mean, Georgia's defense was uh, one of a uh, um, on the hierarchy of uh, college football last year when it came to the defense. I mean, besides the Alabama performance and the SEC championship, I mean, they they shot these they, they, the highest before they played uh, Alabama. In the SEC championship, Auburn only scored ten points on Georgia, so I mean that's I mean that's that's real SEC defense right there. Yeah,
0: yeah, okay, I can I can get behind that. So let me go through nine through nineteen. So it goes Utah, Michigan, Tennessee, Tennessee at eleventh just is laughable to me. Um, Mississippi State at twelfth is also laughable to me. Um, then you got uh, UNC. Uh, sorry, not, not, I got NC, NC state. state. Sorry, NC State. Um, <laughs> North Carolina just won the state school. Um, then you got Oregon, NIU, BYU, App State, Appalachian State uh. coming in at 17th. Uh, and, then, so, and then it goes App State, Utah State, UTSA, mm-hmm. and then Michigan State? I don't know. And then uh, Pitt? Okay. Pitt at twenty first. M-
2: Michigan State. They lose Kenneth Walker and some offensive stability right there. I'm not. I'm not sold on. I think Michigan State will be fine, but I don't think they're going to make any like big jump. Okay. You know, offensively speaking. Okay.
0: Okay. Cool. Um. Pitt at twenty first. So I'm going to go twenty one through thirty. Pitt, Houston, Ole Miss, Cincinnati, uh, Oklahoma State, which I think is. Also disrespectful to Oklahoma State, because uh, mm-hmm. they've they've yeah. still got Spencer Sanders. So I'm I'm like what, <laughs> okay. Um, so Oklahoma State, and then SMU, and then UAB, uh, UCF, Miami, Arkansas, and then 31, 32, 33, 34 is Baylor, UCLA, Texas Tech, K-State, and then the rest of the schools just in order: Air Force, Purdue. Um, Coastal Carolina, Virginia, Maryland, Texas A&M, which I think is hilarious. That
2: one one surprised me. I thought A&M would be a little bit higher. Yeah,
0: but I think that's hilarious, uh, all things considering. And you got Washington State, Louisville, Marshall. I'm surprised Marshall is even on the list. I don't remember what Marshall even did last season. It was nothing significant. Uh, But if there are Marshall fans out there that know please tweet at me at KG v a n c a m p because I want to know the scoop on Marshall. Uh, South Carolina, shout out to Monty. Um, and then you got Charlotte uh, Kentucky Miami of Ohio at 47th. That's kind of interesting. Old Dominion at 48th. Kent State at 49th and Boise State at 50th. So what I think is especially unique and telling is that we've got BYU, mm-hmm. then we've got Houston, then we've got Cincinnati and we've got UCF all in the top 28. So all of the new schools that are coming to the Big 12 uh, are ranked as high as 16th and as low as 28th. And then Baylor and K-State, Baylor at 31st and K-State at 34th. So that's just for offense. And then on defense, they decided they're going to change it up a little bit, which I think is a little bit more accurate. But still, I mean, Georgia's still at 4th. Um, so it goes Clemson. I'm going to go 1 through 10. Clemson, Notre Dame, NC State, Georgia, Utah, Iowa, Alabama, Baylor, uh, San Diego State, and then Oregon.
2: It's Like, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I I think that's relatively a pretty solid list. And considering Oregon, their um, new head coach is uh, Georgia's previous defensive coordinator, so... I think defensively, Oregon could take a few steps forward uh, this this upcoming season as well.
0: Yeah, and I think they factored that in there. And then 11 through 20, BYU, Cincy, Ohio State, Houston, Oklahoma, Michigan, App State, Pitt, uh, Florida State, and then Troy. Troy. Troy, yeah. of all people, at 20th. Uh, and then, But then, like, right there, 11, 12, and 14, BYU, Cincy, Houston, teams that are coming to the Big 12. And 21 through 30, uh, Penn State, Texas A&M, Cal, Kansas State at 24th. So he broke the top 25, according to Big Game Boomer, uh, in the top 50 defenses in college football, which I think is kind of interesting. UAB at 25th. So are they predicting UAB is going to like win the conference this year? For What What, what are they in, the Sun Belt? They're in the Conference USA. They're in Conference be, USA, okay. They'll
2: their final year in the Conference USA before they move up to be American. Oh, okay, gotcha. Year. So then
0: it goes Oklahoma State, Boise State, Ar- uh, Arkansas. Uh, and then Marshall, again, Marshall, Marshall again. ranked high in Wisconsin. And then 31 through 40, Iowa State, LOL, uh, Toledo, Oregon State, Auburn, Air Force, South Carolina, Washington, UCF, uh, Louisville, NIU. NIU, making an appearance on both of them. And then uh, 41 through 50, Nebraska oh, Army, wow. ECU, uh, Eastern Carolina, and then Kentucky, UTSA, Fresno State, Miami, LSU, uh, Minnesota, and then Louisiana, the Ragin' Cajuns. Uh, so I don't know. I I like I, I think the defensive take is a lot better than the offensive yeah. take by a lot.
2: <laughs> I mean, just kind of looking at this list, you know, Marcus Freeman. Uh, he's one of the more well-rounded defensive minds, and uh, for Notre Dame, should be interesting to see what he does. Uh, as taking a new role as a head coach over there, uh, I mean, l- looking at Baylor's defense last year during the K-State Baylor game, I was I was so heavily convinced that that Baylor defense was. I mean it, it, Dave Aranda's g- just going to completely change things around already. Yeah, I mean Yeah. It's, it, it's it's a complete juggernaut it's it? unfortunate well, <laughs> to then, be honest. Yeah. <laughs> then, then you got um BYU of course BYU is going to bring out bring back a lot of production and so so with uh so well Houston as well. So those are two teams that I keep an eye on in terms of like how how are we going to capitalize based on production. Uh will they kind of uh roar into a success kind of like Cincinnati has making a playoff with all their it? Returning players from a year ago, or well, it kind of flunk like Iowa State has uh, a year a year ago, in which I mean Iowa State they're going to be young as well, but they also got Will McDonald uh, coming back uh, on their roster, which should really provide some su- uh, su- sustainability at least and some leadership as well.
0: Okay, so if you were going to pick right now, I'm curious of both of you guys if you're going to do the rankings for the Big Twelve because we had the the Big Twelve media. Rankings came out uh, as to who they predicted were are going to uh, place where in the conference, and there's the preseason poll, right? And uh, Kansas State came in at fifth, mm-hmm. so I thought, oh, okay. okay, like, okay, that's I, I, mean, that's I think all things. More respectful than what we've gotten. Before. It's it's more respectful from what we've gotten before, but that doesn't make it any less disrespectful, you wanna know, <laughs> in you my know, opinion.
2: You want to know what really bothers me about the list? K State had no champ, had no votes to win the championship. But Iowa State had below one. Us, it had one but like, where, where did that vote come from?
0: Uh, yeah. It definitely came did, from Matt Campbell. Did it
2: come <laughs> from, Did it come from like, so, oh, no, this is a media poll. So, I mean, the, did this come from, like, someone who who works in Des Moines or something like that? Oh, no, I guess what, it's true. What's yeah. going on over here? I yeah. Don't, so, I, I don't
0: know. I, uh, I don't know. So, Baylor. They had 17 first place votes, and they're they're predicted to win the conference. It's the first time in school history for Baylor that they've been predicted twice uh, to win the conference. Um, mm-hmm. Oklahoma at second, which I, I just everybody has like collectively jumped on the Brent Venables train, yeah. and I, I I'm the conductor of that train, and I have not proclaimed that it has left the station yet. Mm. So, uh, <laughs> uh, my uncle worked for UP uh, for like a hundred years. So like I, I can, I can do that. I can say those kind of things. I think, right.
2: I, yeah. I, I think, <laughs> I think for Oklahoma, they, they'll have perhaps the most extensive turnover on its roster. Uh, I mean with the coaching staff out of pretty much any team, but I've seen in a long, long time. I mean, Lincoln Riley has gone, Lincoln Riley has gone along with quarterback, Caleb Williams. And I mean, along with several, other, several other key names like Kennedy Brooks, Jaden Hazelwood, Mario Williams, uh, um, as well and then you oh dang it i, I i've lost my lining <laughs> that's okay <laughs> they do bring in a few key players um uh from the transfer portal of course you got dylan gabriel highlighting the list of transfers of, as well as cornerback trey morrison from north carolina and you also got jeffrey johnson from tulane i I think the expectation for oklahoma's defense is that'll it be improved under venables right away and then you also got uh, offensive coordinator Jeff Lubbe, Ticken uh, who, who was previously under Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, and he should really get things going off this night. So I, I understand some of the hype coming in, um, but it, it's going to be some new parts coming, uh, kind of pu- puzzling around starting things off for Oklahoma within the first two to three weeks. Yeah,
0: well, and so I I guess I had noticed that K-State was like the only one in the top six uh, to not receive any first place votes. And that's that's just so stupid because Baylor got 17, Oklahoma got 12, Oklahoma State got 9, Texas god, Texas got 2, since Kansas State nothing, and then Iowa State 1. Like you got to be you got to be kidding me. The fact that Texas was even ranked higher uh by almost 30 points uh 30 points higher than Kansas State, I think is just those thirty, point, those 30
1: gonna... points are the brand. Uh, That's it.
2: I <laughs> I mean, those thirty points yeah. is worth the brand. Yeah, I think the I think the brand of Texas, and I think maybe some of the offensive key brands that Texas has. I mean, you're bringing in Quinn Quinn Ewers, and they're also bringing in. Uh, I mean, they're also getting Bajon Robinson returning uh, the Texas as well as a, a, I mean, the wide receiver depth for Texas is going to be extremely, insane. it's going to be insane with Xavier Worthy coming back. I mean, what is it, Jameson Will- Williams, Worthy from Alabama? He's going to be coming, he's going to be joining the Texas roster as well. Uh, no? Wait.
1: I, uh, no, I'm just, I was just nodding to like, like, damn.
2: <laughs> 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 I'm I'm a little bit skeptical skeptical about their defense and Steve and Sarkeesian's play calling, but I, I think the offense for their part can can try to carry things along for Texas.
1: Their offense was never really the problem, even last year. It was more so on the defensive the defensive side of the ball, really. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, so the the total 365 points went to Baylor for first place, and uh, way down at the bottom in tenth, Kansas with 48 points. <laughs> and the, uh,
2: and I and I forgot to mention this earlier. I mean, you 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 also just, I, I think Texas overall they were just completely undisciplined last season. It just seemed to show up on, uh, in in the second half of the games where they just. Uh, almost, I mean, just choke games away, or they just blow it in the first half. Try to come back, but then they just choke it. I'm referring to the Kansas game, by the way.
0: <laughs> that that double overtime, two point conversion, was- living in the heads of Texas fans forever. Uh, nice. Well, so I just think it's. I'm cannot wait for the day where Texas goes into the SEC, and because they're Texas, they get ranked at, like, fifth, and they're going to get absolutely pwned. It's going to be so funny. Oh, my gosh. Well, we're going to be talking about the SEC here in segment three in just a second. You're listening to Training Camp with Colby Van Camp on Wildcat 91.9. Paying for cable these days just isn't really worth it, but how are you gonna watch the Royals? Well, Tanner's Bar & Grill has got you covered. Located at 1200 Morrow in Aggieville, Tanner's 22 different screens will have the Royals no matter where you look. While you're there, you can grab a fresh Booga, or maybe even one of the 16 different ice-cold beers Tanner's has on tap, or their over 40 different craft beers and seasonal drinks. You can also enjoy the great summer weather at the Tanner's patio. If you can't be at the K, Tanner's is the place to be. Manhattan's own Meadowlark Hills Independent Living, Assisted Living, and Memory Care is looking to hire. Meadowlark is searching for dedicated individuals eager to serve their community. You can expect competitive wages and higher pay for night shifts. More information is available at careers.meadowlark.org or call 785-323-3893 work at Meadowlark and live
1: your way. Hi, this is Lily Mooder, Assistant Advertising Manager for the Collegian Media Group. MHK Housing is your one-stop shop for off-campus housing in Manhattan. With over 300 properties available on our website and easy-to-navigate filters, MHK Housing helps you find housing in all shapes, sizes, and prices all over the Little Apple. Brought to you by Collegian Media Group, MHK Housing is designed by students for students. For more information, go to mhkhousing.com. That's mhkhousing.com. MHK Housing, Housing, your key to off-campus housing.
0: (laughs) Offense! What the f*** was that? Oh no, here he comes. Quick, somebody turn on training camp with Colby Van Camp on Wildcat 91.9. So Andrew Huang, the guy who has written this music that you're currently listening to, and then my uh, intro and exit song, Liftoff, just great like EDM um, EDM music, just awesome. But then also I was playing that because today and the last couple of days, I think yesterday, we started seeing some of this. Um, I know this is a sports talk show, but I just have to comment on this because it's so remarkable The NASA's James Webb space telescope has been releasing pictures like deep field pictures, um, that are high definition. It's just unbelievable. And I, I, uh, I had, uh, ironically, uh, or not ironically. It was just, I had, um, I had not meant to program that piece into my, my intro today that I was just playing. Um, it's called Turn Away. But he, uh, I was literally scrolling through my Facebook during the break, and I, there's a bunch of pictures from the James Webb Space Telescope. So if you haven't seen it yet, just go look at it because it's – breathtaking just uh, it's trippy unbelievable
1: mm-hmm. like it's all like all multiple universes that's definitely things i really i was thinking about this this morning i was like what is what is multiverse jasmine doing right now <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh yeah i don't i don't <laughs> want to get into the quantum physics of multiversal i just would rather watch the doctor strange and 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 know that giving me this idea that know that i am screwed no matter which way it goes right so no matter what universe I am in it's always going to it's always going to come up not Colby
1: Right. Maybe I was just wonder if Jasmine got some money over, in, over Yanni and over yonder or something. I'm trying to. I'm trying to chill you're gonna, with her. You're gonna,
0: you're gonna Rick and Morty your way over there, right? Heck
1: yes. <laughs> I'd be like, Yo, what's up? She's gonna be like, Hey, what's good? And it's gonna be. It's gonna be a fun time. The the, the Citadel thing? of Jasmine's. Yes. Right. Wow.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Well, so welcome back to training camp, and we're gonna be spending our third segment talking about other stuff in the CFB world, college football. So, Texas Tech. Despite all of this hate for them. Big game boomer, right? So put them at like 33rd, just above Kansas State in the offensive production uh, chart. And then they're picked ninth uh, for the, the Big 12 preseason poll. They didn't even break 100 points. It's like, okay. Whatever you say. So Texas Tech, they, despite it all, they're planning to open a $200 million football stadium and facilities project. This is from the AP uh, on ESPN, the Associated Press. Uh, Texas Tech football is planning a $200 million project consisting of a new four-story building in the south end zone that will include locker rooms, offices for coaches, and a field-level club area the Red Raiders will go through before games. Okay, so what? That's like the ultimate fan experience is that you get to sit there in your chairs and like watch them like come through the tunnel, like they go past you to yeah, get into the stadium. That's,
1: that's very mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys AT and T Stadium. Really? Yeah, the, their whole thing where the Cowboys come in like at like at the fifty, they there's a whole like bar tables. And like velvet rope really? in between you and the players, or they all go through. So that is that's definitely the AT and T Stadium Dallas one experience. That's
0: crazy. I actually didn't know that. Um, that building will enclose the south end of Jones AT and T Stadium and connect by a sky bridge to the school's re- the school's sports performance center and the already planned two story Womble Football Center that will replace the mm-hmm. current training facility. And then quote, "It's been a great." Uh, wait a second. Sorry. It'll be as great of a layout as you will see in college football with the practice field location, the adjacency of the indoor practice practice facility. Jeez. Can't read. And the connection <laughs> to the stadium, Texas Tech athletic director Kirby Hokut said. Uh, so, yeah, two hundred million dollars uh, for Texas Tech to open up a brand new stadium. Kind of reminds me of what K-State is doing on the east side of the bill, they're putting in a brand new practice facility, an indoor practice facility, which is pretty wild. Um, do, you do, do you guys know what they're building on the west side, on the on the southwest corner?
2: Uh, they're built. They're building a new volleyball arena slash Olympic training facility. So they'll be
0: Olympic training facility.
2: Yeah. So it's going to be for main. like Olympic volleyball or for anybody. Uh, just for anybody when it comes to like overall sports training and nutrition wise, and really. Yeah, I mean, you've seen some of the, you've seen some of like the training stuff over at the Veneer Football Complex. Uh, that, that's going to be kind of the same stuff. That's going to be laid out at the Olympic Training Center, uh, and then they'll have the volleyball arena uh, uh, on to the left under the left of the facility
0: that's awesome well i know for a fact that uh k-state track and field is only going to be sending jumpers to the olympics uh because i don't know much about their runners and their throwers certainly aren't going so um, yeah sorry <laughs> gotta get them like that um <laughs> and You'll even though even, though even though <laughs> even though i totally wish they would like i i would be about that nah it comes down to the coaches right it's all up to the coaches um so then conversely over at the SEC going from Big 12 to SEC so Alabama coach Nick Saban says that college football mega conferences are likely and that they're here to stay This is according to our friend Alex Scarborough, who's an ESPN staff writer. Alabama coach Nick Saban believes college football is heading down the path of mega conferences. During an appearance on the Always College Football podcast this week, Saban lamented the way realignment has stripped the tradition associated with playing in the same conference over a prolonged period of time because last month UCLA a and USC which have been a part of the Pac-12 since it was called the Pac-6 or the Pac-8 excuse me announced that they would be leaving to join the Big Ten a year ago Longtime Big 12 powers Oklahoma and Texas agreed to join the SEC and in response the Big 12 added BYU UCF Cincinnati and Houston Saban harked back to the Oklahoma Nebraska series which was discontinued when the Cornhuskers left the Big 12 for the Big Ten after the 2010 season so I want to get your guys' take on this because I've seen a lot of people on Twitter K-State people, even, being like, nobody cares about the tradition. Just go play the games, go get the money, and go do what you need to do. And I think that's such a narrow point of view. Um, Like, that's what made college football crazy, Yeah, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, are we going to just, like, stop playing for, like, the Commander-in-Chief's trophy with, like, Army, Navy, and Air Force, right? No, because it's one of the best college football traditions ever. So, like, why would we stop doing that? But then we're gonna we're gonna deprive the world of Nebraska, Oklahoma. We're gonna deprive the world of KU, Missouri, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna deprive the world of um USC and Washington and or Oregon you know so I just I don't know I I'm I'm kind of skeptical
2: you're kind of looking at the rivalries um but I'm looking at more in terms of the big 10 V I they They're able to keep their rivalries like Ohio State Michigan Alabama Auburn yeah Alabama Georgia I mean a, a lot of those rivalries are able to be kept intact because the commissioners and the officials NBF like directors, uh, everybody associated with with those conferences, they've been able to make the smart smart moves and right decisions. The, the big the Big Twelve and and the Pac twelve, especially the Pac twelve, I'll get to that in a second. But the Big Twelve has really made some um, bad decisions when it comes to their television contract, um, giving Texas its own, giving Texas their own network. I mean, it's just cost for a for a, a politics. Uh, for from many teams which caused for schools like Nebraska, Missouri and A and M to to uh hit the first thing smoking out of a Big Twelve. And then you're look and then in the Pac twelve situation, they have they have not done enough under Larry Scott to keep schools like see happy in the Pac ten. They I mean of course the Pac twelve network has been a disaster. Um, they've been paying too much rent for some of their for some of the offices in San Francisco I mean that that overall was just a was just a big mistake on some of their conferences part and don't be surprised what uh, what the ACC could potentially be uh, against uh next because I mean you're you're looking at potentially a horrible grant of rights deal which right now I think I can't think of how much they're making but it's definitely not the best out of uh, all the other power five uh, out of the, all <laughs> out of all the power five schools but <laughs> it's okay uh, yeah, but it's hard yeah but you're but you're looking at um potentially like a clemson or fsu jumping the only problem right now is that they're under a grant of rights problem in which they have to pay up to um what was it like 150 million to 200 million dollars to to leave the conference and then the acc they can't add any anybody because it because then it reopened their contract and which would then force for Florida State and Clemson to leave so did you guys see
0: that this weekend that uh, the PAC 12 filed an injunction against USC and UCLA to deny them their uh, media rights money um, all the way through 2024 because they jumped
1: I did not see that, but didn't the Big Twelve try to do something like that as well? And it didn't really work out.
0: Um, I'm not sure about that, John. Did they, did they do that? You're like I'm not. you like the I'm the not mind, right? <laughs> I'm
2: not too in depth on the Texas politics. on things I know. There, I mean, I know TCU, Baylor, and Texas Tech. I mean, they, there was just a lot of there's just a lot of situations with Governor Greg Abbott uh, discussing like what what's like what's I mean like why why is Texas doing this. Is there going to be any way to stop it? I, I mean, it's not going to come into fruition. They
1: can't ask Greg Abbott for no help. Now,
2: <laughs> the thing. Now, the thing that I found interesting is that the University of California, their Board of Regents, they're going to discuss uh, UCLA's move to the Big Ten next week, and uh, litigation is potentially cited as well. So, I mean, that that could be some big stuff hitting UCLA uh, if this if this all comes into if this all kind of kind of forms a way we're anticipating so
0: it. well but but why because I can I, the pac 12 filing an injunction against USC and UCLA makes sense to me because that's that's a that's a conference-wide implication but what can Cal do I mean what 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 kind of legal power do they have to stop UCLA from going to the to the big well, 10 they well, they don't
2: well it's not just Cal they're they're under the UC Board of Regents and so is UCLA University oh. of California Los Angeles okay. So, I mean, there's going to be a there's going to be a lot of kind of discussions like going on between UC Berkeley and UCLA about like what, what are going to be some of ramifications. Of course, you're not you're you're losing a lot of value in UCLA. You're also losing a lot of tradition between those two schools. It, it's just all around messy over there. I mean, it's going to it's going to it's going to be kind of similar to the whole Texas State situation, except it, there might be some more legal twists considering that both of them are UC UC schools.
0: Hmm. Okay. Well. So then, what What's your prediction then? Do you think that there's going to be like serious legal action against UCLA, or do you think it's just going to fall through the cracks because they are UCLA?
2: I think right now it's going to it may crack just because it's UCLA, and I think I mean what the writing's on the wall at this point. Though I mean, there's nothing really the Pac-12 can do other than just moving forward. Uh, I mean, the Pac-12 historically they've had this overall. Egotistical ways of, think, of thinking—they're way too high and mighty. And I mean, they—they're gonna—they're gonna complain once when tradition doesn't go their way. I mean, the, the Rose Bowl, of course, they always want that to be played on January first. <laughs> right. I mean, and they always wanted to have a Pac-12, Big Ten associated way. That—that can't happen now with a college football playoff. So you have to move forward. And then the Pac-12 now—they're gonna have to deal with two LA schools, which which combined for like forty percent of their revenue. Uh, that that's all going to be gone, and now you're looking at potentially uh, the Big 12 and the Big 10. Well, most more so the Big 12 potentially threatening to take other schools. So uh, there's this is no time for the Pac 12 to and and other board of regents from other schools to be panicking, like, except for Oregon because I mean they've been they've been panicking like crazy. <laughs> yeah. like well I mean, they, they've been wanting they and Washington been like. Dying to go to the Big Ten right now, but, but yeah. their offices, Big Ten's going to keep it shut now, unless it's Notre Dame. SEC, they're going to keep it shut. Uh, I mean, I, there's just not really too many options right now for the Pac 12, other been just moving forward, and you can't, and you just got to lay that all behind you at this point.
0: So I think that one of the more like interesting things that's happening is that um, Oregon and Washington. Now have to make a decision because well so let me preface also by saying that John Kurtz on Twitter came out last a couple days ago and he with a with a tweet from a an ESPN insider that said like unequivocally unless the Pac-12 folds Arizona Arizona State Colorado and Utah have no intention of leaving conferences which. First, it kind of makes me scratch my head. So, think th- like, they, is the Pac-12 gonna try and reload? Are they gonna try and grab people from Group of Five?
2: And they wouldn't add enough value with San Diego State or SMU or Boise State. Like any of those combination schools, they're just not gonna add a lot of value. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the Pac-12 really screwed up when the Big Twelve when the Big Twelve lost its members because I mean, the Pac-12 could then they could have gone for the likes of Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, maybe a K State. You could, have, you could have gotten a pretty good deal uh, with the Big 12 potentially dissolving, but no, you got to, You just lay back and now, now you're losing some of your big brands and now you're kind of on the cusp of having Oregon and Washington carry the conference, but I don't think they can and I don't think they necessarily want to
0: or no and i i don't think they want to at all because now it's going to turn into the Pac-12 is Oregon and Washington's brand exclusively which from Utah, a certain Utah fr- maybe from, a, well. from a certain point of view that could be really beneficial for Oregon and Washington if the Pac-12 wasn't like imploding on itself right if the Pac-12 was healthy it was ready to go it hadn't previously Given the middle finger to a bunch of its schools by doing stupid things, then I think that the, the Oregon and Washington would be in a far more um, – they'd be in a better place to leverage their brand against the Pac-12 or to right. use it as collateral.
2: I mean, look, right. l- looking at Oregon, Washington, Utah, Arizona, they can all make really good cases, and at the end of the day, they should be comfortable when it comes to landing in – possibly the super conferences. But if I'm Oregon State, Washington State, or Cal, I mean, this, this could be, this could be likely one of, the, one of the final few years you could be representing the Power Five. So you got to do all you can to try and leverage Oregon and Washington to staying. And then you, you just got to I mean, you you just got to improve overall because the Pac-12 has just been so subpar in everything when it comes to television ratings. I uh, mean, just the athletic performances specifically towards football as well, because that's really what's driving things. It's for brands and football at this point.
0: There's uh, organs, uh, uniform combinations only go so far. Right. Right.
1: And honestly, I was just thinking about this, and I hope it's not a stupid question because you were talking about what if Pac-12 tries to poach, you know, teams in other places, and you're saying not a lot of teams around there have a lot of value. But what would it take to kind of elevate, you know, uh, North Dakota States to like from D two to D one? Well, they're, they're they're, add them they're to still D one. They're, they're just like the a subsection. of They're just FCS. D1. So what? Okay, then what is that possibility of to possibly add them to the mix for the Pac-12? Because I don't think it'd be, they'd be, they be undesirable.
2: I don't think you're, I don't think you're going to add too much when considering that North Dakota State's one of the more smaller programs, and that you're not adding a whole lot of value with the Fargo, North Dakota market. I think maybe for North Dakota State, the Mountain West is a possibility, but I mean overall, you just really gotta, you just really gotta keep on growing, and I think a school like San Diego State is. Probably, possibly in the right spot because of like well, they have they have already a plan planned I mean planned out when it comes to renovations and stuff it's just going to take a lot of time for a school like North Dakota State to kind of rise if they ever happen to join the power five because okay, they've beaten some a couple of power five oh, schools yeah. before. Yeah, they're definitely
0: they, not any slouches. Yeah, but you know, twenty
2: thirteen. I mean, that was
0: a, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> the the greatest drive in NDSU history happens to be against Kansas State. Well, it has been no, a no. nice it's, Tuesday. Yeah.
2: The Iowa game was pretty close as well. The Iowa
0: game was good too. But it's been a nice Tuesday, and I hope that you guys are doing well out there listening to Wildcat ninety one nine KSDB
2: Manhattan.